0: He's going to be a uh, star in this league uh, for a long time, especially for our team, and uh, obviously it's nice, you know, it's going to get uh, his conference even more, uh, even bigger, and, uh, you know, he he's a great goalie for sure.
1: Welcome to Home Ice Advantage. I'm, of course, Colin, and you just heard Andrey Svechnikov talking about Pyotr Kachekov, the now 23-year-old goalie who's been in North America for less than a year, but We'll get back to that i'm jumping ahead fair warning off the top i'm going to get on several different soapboxes this episode defending carolina hurricanes fans attacking carolina hurricanes fans <laughs> and uh having an honest conversation about our scoring all of this and more in this episode make sure you're subscribed to your feed so this always appears uh follow us on social media you know what to do let's get into the show Welcome to Home Ice Advantage, with historical perspectives, modern-day deep dives, special guests, and a healthy mix of good, bad, and or hot takes. This is the best place for you to learn about your Carolina home games.
0: I just want to say thank you, and I'm looking forward to this challenge. It's an honor, and I think we're going to do great things.
1: There have been two games since the last time we spoke. The Carolina Hurricanes fell to the Colorado Avalanche 4-1, and then they shut out the Chicago Blackhawks 3 to nothing. We were, of course, going to start with the first of those games. In Colorado, in Bell, or Ball, excuse me, Arena, the Carolina Hurricanes lose 4-1. And honestly, if, if you want to be 100% honest here, it's kind of w- a whatever loss. Um... Colorado's a good team, yes, but that's not even my point. Uh, so they scored four times, right? Three of those goals aren't our fault. If Like, follow me on this one. The, f- the first goal, the first uh, McCall goal was literally, like, <laughs> every once in a while you see a goal and you're just like, wow, that's like legitimately the hockey gods just wanting to get Caleb McCall a goal. So it, it gets shot off the glass behind the net, jumps up hits um, Auntie Ranta on the skate, and goes in. And there's just, like, it happens. And then the second goal, also by McCarr, was, um, I don't know, the chances of it were increased when Rantanen took Calvin DeHaan to the ice in, you know, a, a play that some people would call a penalty. But the officiating in... Colorado was terrible, and not against the Hurricanes. I know a lot of people um, say we lost that game because of officiating. We didn't. The officiating was bad, yes, but it was bad on every level. There was a ton of missed calls in our direction, too, so keep that in mind. And then, the, really, okay, so they they scored the four goals, take out the empty net, they scored three goals. The first two goals, uh, one only happened because Rantanen literally injured Calvin Dahan. The forced one happened because the hockey gods wanted to punish us for something, God knows. And the only real goal they had was the, uh, I shouldn't say real goal, they all count, they're all real goals, but the only, like, skill play they beat us goal was Nathan McKinnon. Ultimately, I don't want to talk about the game in great detail. Uh, as I said, it's kind of a whatever game. The, of those goals, or whatever goals, the hockey gods, empty net, and then uh, and literally injuring Calvin DeHaan, uh... So whatever, we're going to move past it. But there is a glaring part of this game that I need to bring up because the Hurricanes the, the Caniac fan base have, have has reached a boiling point and I pretty much agree with it. So the you know we we only scored one goal in that game and you could say it was because uh, we kept being called, and there was all this power play time against us, and, you know, when you get called four times, what are you going to do? Well, in the case of Colorado, who got called five times, they're going to win the freaking hockey game. So, th- this is where I'm going to take this. Is my first soapbox, and this is where I'm going to take this. The, it, we were in November. I'm going to I'm going to set this up with we were in November and there was a lot of time left to fix this problem. But for the last several seasons, the Carolina Hurricanes have been inconsistent when scoring. I know, shocker. I've never talked about it before, no one's ever mentioned it, right? This is a big surprise to 95.8% of the fan base. You know, we all are, are shocked by this. And it's never been a problem we've had to address before. Don Whitdell didn't come out in the offseason and literally say, yeah, we need scoring. Rod Brindemore didn't say at his end of season press conference, yeah, you know, when you don't have consistent scoring, you're not going to win games. That never happened, right? So we lose to Colorado 4 1. And the, the important factor here is we went 0 for 5 on the power play 0 for 5. You, you, you cannot go have five, ten minutes of the man advantage, and not convert on any of it. Like, it, it's not even like Colorado, you know, has the best penalty kill in the league. I think they're 30th. 30th out of 32 teams, and we had five opportunities against them, and we couldn't get it done. We are inconsistent when it comes to scoring. We cannot win hockey games to save our life. Except when we decide that we want to. Because it's not that we can't score. Andres Vetschikov has two hat-tricks. Sebastian Alho's got a hat-trick. Martin Natures is on a revenge short. It's not that we can't score. It's that we are inconsistent with our scoring. We play against Edmonton the game before. We put up seven. Great job. Look at us. We are a cup-contending team, and against the Edmonton Oilers, no less. That uh, you know they've got a couple good players, but then in the next game, literally the next game, we get five power play opportunities and don't convert on a single one. And again, this is not this is not a, a, a current season situation because when I when I tweeted about this, it was uh, it's November. What are you what are you talking? It's still early. First of all, it's that it's early thing is starting to wear thin. We're getting really close to a quarter of the way through the season here. And I know it sounds strange to say that, but we are. So you can drop the, it's early, because at this point, if we're going to play like this through halfway through the season, we're going to have to fight to make sure we make the playoffs. That's that's what we want to do. That's the legacy that we have. We want to fight to make the playoffs. Okay, cool, whatever. But I'm not even taking it there. I'm not even saying that this is a problem for just this season. I'm saying this is a long-lasting problem that is spanned across at least the last three seasons. I can, I can 100% say that that first year we had no business being in the playoffs, and we should have lost to Boston, and it is what it is. And, you know, we lost to Boston the next year, and you know what? It's still growing pains. And then when you lose to Tampa, well, it's Tampa. They would go on to win the cup for the second year in a row that year. What what are you going to do? Losing to the Rangers, though, should have opened your eyes. You should have, we should have lost to the Rangers, and then you should have immediately been like, damn, we just need to score more. It would be cool if we could, like, convert on our chances. It would be cool if our A players, you know, scored goals. And don't get, like, Connor McDavid doesn't score a goal every game. Trust me, I have him on my fantasy team. And when Evander Van Der Kane was still healthy, they had Kane, Dry Seidel, Nugent Hopkins, Connor McDavid. Like they, they 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 as a team, as a unit, could score. And as a unit, we cannot score. At a most, we will have one to two players being able to convert their chances at a time. So early in the season, it was Martin Natchez and Andres Vechnikov. Awesome sauce. Everything's great. Sebastian Ajo's has also been in play here, uh, even though his line mates haven't necessarily been. But now we're at the point to where it's Jordan Stahl and Jordan Marnook that are are our leading scorers for the past several games. And I I'm I'm not okay with that. And I'm not saying fire Rod Brendamore. I know that's come up, but that's insane. And we'll actually get to that in a later segment of the show. there there's absolutely no reason to fire Rod Brendamore. But could our power play look better? Could we... Uh, this is... <laughs> I've been sitting here for a couple days now just trying to, like... I am... I, I'm, You know, I'm not this great hockey mind. I'm not a Rod Brandomore or a Scotty Bowman. You know, these these greats of the game. But, like, I can watch a hockey game and be like, hey, that power play looks shitty because you guys didn't move. You didn't force the defense out of their triangle. Like, what are you doing? If they're not moving, they're not going to get tired. You're not going to be able to create time and space to get your opportunities. And it, it looks like that that that's our problem, is we, we're we always looking for the sweet, you know, oh, this is this is the shot. I, I'm going to take the shot. It's going to go straight in. And I, I mentioned it. It's why I, why I wanted Brent so much, because man takes shots. And I assumed that he would continue to take shots, but even he has the very same problem of, you know, let me see who, well, you know, Natchez. Let me see if Natchez can get a get, get a clean shot. Oh, Natchez can't get it. Okay, we'll pass to Ajo. He can't get a clean shot. Oh, okay. Well, we'll pass it back to Barnes. Also, can't get a clean shot. Okay, we'll send it down to uh, Nason. Oh, look at that. He kind he, he of get a clean shot. It's put a shot on that eventually. Listen, sometimes you get ugly, greasy goals. Take the shot. And yes, 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 we can all, you know, don't put it on the crest, don't make it an easy shot, of course. But my point here is, and uh, stop me if you've heard this one before, I'm I'm quoting it from Michael Scott, who's quoting it from Wayne Gretzky. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And yes, be smart with the shots you choose. But for the love of everything, put a shot on net. Just... Put, put a couple more shots on that. I guarantee you, you'll convert more. At the time of this recording, the Hurricanes are 0 for 10 on their last 10 man advantages. 0 for 10. If you don't see a problem with that, I don't care what time of the year it is. I don't know what we're doing here. I just don't know what we're doing here. On to happier times. Here's something I bet you didn't know. Since relocation, the Carolina Hurricanes hold a record of 25, 9, 1, and 4 against the Chicago Blackhawks. That's right. They have only lost to Chicago 10 times since relocation. And the last 15 games, or I guess bring this up to 16, and their last 16 games... Carolina has gone 13-2-1. This game is destined to be a Carolina Hurricanes win. I don't care who's in net. Go find me Jack LaFontaine down in Tampa. Go go get him. We'll put him in net. This is still a guaranteed win. Even if Aja wasn't having a good season, Natchez wasn't having a good season, Svechkov wasn't having a good season, doesn't matter. We would still win this game because we were supposed to beat the Blackhawks. And you know what? After last game, This team has something to prove. There's a chip on their shoulder. They want a revenge game. And, you know, they love this 23-year-old Russian netminder who's been in North America since February. Not of 2021, just since February. The Canes would win 3-0, shutting out the Chicago Blackhawks. Jordan Marnuk would get his fourth of the season. Jordan Stahl would get his fourth of the season and third in three games. And Andrei Svechnikov would pick up his 12th goal of the season. And actually, on the first two goals in the first period, which were in, like, I don't know, seven minutes of each other, Brett Borns, Jordan Stahl, and Jordan Marnuk all connected on both goals. So uh, I go back to my previous point about how we only have two people clicking at one point, but this isn't the time for that. This is just a good feel-good game, right? This, it's, I talked about, after the Edmonton game, about how every once in a while your team needs an adrenaline shot because 82 games is a long season. And it's funny because we got the adrenaline shot from beating the Oilers, and that loss to Colorado you know, left that glaring issue of a scoring problem. It kind of wasted the glory of the Edmonton win. And then, uh, yes, we were supposed to beat the Blackhawks. We were not supposed to shut them down. We were not supposed to get Coach Chekhov his forced shutout of his NHL career, hopefully a long NHL career. And by the way, uh, just quickly, I don't like Coochie, his nickname. And from what I've heard, he doesn't like Coochie. So we should all just stop saying Coochie. I get it's fun. We're all teenagers at heart. But uh, yeah, I don't like it. It's, it's, it's definitely a Canes After Dark type of thing. Also, and this is just, you know, funny little joke time. As a gay man, I have designed my entire life to stay away from such things. And now every time I watch a hockey game, I have to hear it 50 times? Come on. Uh, but so the three goal scorers, as I said, Marnook, Stahl, Svech, nice job, wow. But the real story of this game is going to be the 23 year old Netminder getting his forced career shut out. It's a great time. And as I, I already played it, but it, it's worth hearing again. This is Andre Svechnikov talking post game about his. Fellow countrymen
0: he's going to be a uh, star in this league uh, for a long time, especially for our team and uh, obviously it's nice you know he's going to get uh, his conference even more uh, even bigger and uh, you know he, he's a great goalie for sure so Kochekov
1: I don't know about everyone else, but he he used to give me heart attacks he likes leaving the crease to play a puck he he is an aggressive dude um, See. <laughs> throwing his stick at Morshan or the goalie fight he tried to start earlier this season in the AHL. This man doesn't care. Like, he's here to play hockey, he's 23, he's having a good time, and he will fight you. He does not care. And it it's really entertaining. And I would love to watch him like <laughs> if this was a point where the Hurricanes hadn't made the playoffs in Forever and we needed a reason to watch games, Kochekov would be perfect. But the problem is that we are a contender even if we can't score. But we are a contender. So when he does stuff like this, it makes me really, really nervous. (laughs) Although I will say, I'm getting a lot more comfortable with Kochekov. So he was a net uh, against Edmonton, 7-2 win. And then he was a net against the Chicago Blackhawks, 3-0 win. And Hopefully, Freddie Anderson, uh, we got an update from Rod Brennamore today that no one is close to retorting. Freddie Anderson is week to week. And that's terrible. You never want a play to go down. But if we get a Cam Ward rookie season run to the Stanley Cup from Coach I'm not mad at it. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be really entertaining. And it, it's one of these things where he has highlights that will travel around the entire league. And no, that's not everything. We want good goalies, not just publicity stunts. But he's also a good goalie. He is yet to lose in the regular season. And, I mean, honestly, does that matter? No. Is it cool? Yeah. And hopefully he can, you know, set a franchise record here with, uh, I believe, six uh, starts in a row. Winning your first six starts with the organization would be the franchise record. I believe it's currently five. Well, we're going to play some audio from Rod Wintermore game talking about Kochakov, and then we'll move on to other storylines from the game. I realize I'm, I'm stuck on Kochekov, but it's just a really good storyline and made me feel a lot better when I was a little angry with the boys, if I'm going to be honest. But let's hear from Rod.
0: Well, we needed a win. Um, I thought we had a good start and we felt like we were going pretty well. I and mean, took a couple penalties and that got us on our heels. But Peter made, you know, he made a lot of great saves tonight. I like, really kept us, you know, I'm going to say in the game. It got, you know, didn't have to panic, you know, kept them off the score sheet, obviously, so real huge performance by him. He was dialed in, you know, but they had a lot of good looks and you can kind of tell on a goalies, he was already there, like he was, even on a couple backdoor plays, and he's like, he was solid, so you got to give him a lot of credit. I mean, this wasn't a 3 nothing game. I don't think we were great after, you know, the first little while, but we were good enough, and he was, he was, he was great. We kind of lucked out in far as having to play him. We had injuries, and we weren't, and you know, all of a sudden, you're like, well, throw him in, and you know that's a classic tale of kind of taking advantage of your opportunity and he's he's done that so i don't know where where this can go but we we love the kid
1: the biggest storyline heading into chicago was actually a call up was max maxine maxim maximum i don't remember his first name i'm i'm sorry lejau who is the captain of the chicago wolves wolves i always say wolves i don't know why but the chicago wolves Uh, of the AHL, of course, our affiliate, and Rod Brindamore, I I shouldn't say Rod Brindamore, but Rod Brindamore called him up for the one game in Chicago, then he was reassigned immediately after the game, and before the game, there was a lot of speculation about why he was called up, and what this means, and uh, does this show that Calvin DeHaan is actually injured, and Does it show that there was no confidence from the coaching staff in Dylan Coghlan? And honestly, I think it shows both. Uh, I'll play a clip of Rod Brindamore talking about why he was called up, and it's justifiable reason that he uh, has been doing good in Chicago, so why not give him a chance at the AHL club? But we'll talk more about it after this. Do you need more friends? Do you have enough friends but feel that you may need more responsibility? Do you need a furry pal to cuddle with at the end of a long day? Well the Wake County Animal Center has you covered. With small friends ranging from farmyard animals to small critters and everyone's favorite four-legged pals, the Wake County Animal Center has you covered when it comes to finding a new companion. In the description of this episode and all episodes going forwards, there will be a link to the Wake County Animal Center photo gallery where you can view rabbits, dogs, cats, Boards, guinea pigs, I was actually shocked by this one, but chickens and roosters, which is a thing apparently, consider adopting or fostering a friend today. That's where I got my dog, Danny, and Danny's great. Say hi, Danny.
0: You know, we're here in Chicago and, and they're there and he's been playing really well and we like to kind of reward kids that are doing it right, like we talk about, and this is just it's kind of an easy game to throw him in because we're, we're sitting here, but yeah, he's, he's gonna play. I know that you've seen him before. What about his game? Do you think could make an impact? Uh, oh, we'll see. I mean, I think he's, you know, he can skate and move the puck. Um, he's not the biggest guy, um, so he's got to be a puck moving defenseman. But his compete level is really high, and you know, that's love that.
1: So Rod says that it's it was just an easy, nice call up for the kid that. You know, you want to reward good behavior in the minors. You're already in Chicago. There's no travel. You might as well let them play one game at the big club. Which, I understand, and honestly, there's something wholesome to that idea. But a a major league team is not going to play a minor league player unless they have another option. So, as I previously stated, Calvin DeHaan... He hasn't been officially listed as injured, and there's been no release on uh, you know, upper body, lower body injury on him, but he was visibly shaken after the uh, Rantanen hit. He did come back out on the ice uh, in the third period for a few shifts, but he didn't really play the rest of the game. And then he sat out in Chicago. Normally, you would expect Dylan Coughlin to draw in um, as he is part of you know, the defensive group. it's Route has done a pretty good job about rotating between DeHaan and Coughlin, but Coughlin has not played since Florida. Since that first goal in Florida, where he gave up on the play, and then Nick Cousins uh, got the goal. Coglin hasn't been back on uh, the ice. Well, I'm sorry. He played that game, but he has not played another game since. And it, to be perfectly fair here it's only been 3 games but i think it says a lot that rather than putting coglin into the game against chicago they called up lejaou that definitely shows that they would rather give lejaou a you know a chance to show what he's got than to roll the dice with coglin in that game and it's not that they will never play Colgan again. I don't know. I'm, I'm not in Rod Burnhamer's head. But it definitely showed that, you know, they're, they're open to other options. And they are willing to see what happens. From here, I want to take us back to a segment which I, I started a few weeks ago. And uh, it's, it's time to rant. What did he say? For those who missed it, the what did he say? Segment, uh, which some of you might not get that reference, but it is what it is, uh, is basically where I dunk on people for just absolutely ridiculous takes. So, the first one is from Kane's Couch Coach on Twitter. That's at Kane's Couch Coach. And after the Colorado game, where I've already said that, you know, fans' frustration had started to boil over, Kane's Couch Coach said, Rod is failing this team. First, that's absurd. That is the hottest of hot takes. That is a Carolina Reaper level, level hot take. Uh, so I just, Rod Brindable should in no way be fired. and, and, and absolutely no way should anyone be calling for his termination or saying that he's failing this team. I just want to read off a couple stats for you. So in his fourth season, he made it to the Eastern Conference Finals that roster was much the same roster that Bill Peters had to work with the year before. Much different results. He has won, his teams, excuse me, have won back-to-back division titles in the Central and then Metro division. His points percentage is .653 as the head coach. That is the highest in franchise history. He has the second most games won, while he ranks 5th in games coached. The only person who has more wins than him is Paul Maurice, who coached 920 games. There was a way you can point to the struggling power play, I feel like I've done that, without saying that Rod Brindamore is failing, or that Rod Brindamore is messing up, or that Rod Brindamore should be fired. If you think any of that, you are a lunatic. And not the lunatic we've been looking for turn the lights back on. You are definitely crazy. Go outside and touch some grass. Yeah, okay, let's talk about what needs to be done to fix our power play. That is completely fair. It is insane. uncomprehendable Why anyone... Incomprehensible? Incomprehensible. Anyways, why anyone would say that Rod Brindamore is failing this team. If anything, this team is failing Rod Brindamore. As always, I have been your host, Colin. Please follow me on social media, at ColinHomeIce on Twitter. I am working on a couple of articles for my Substack. There is a link in the link tree down below. Please consider adopting or fostering a pet from the Wake County Animal Center. I will be back on Saturday uh, because that is the schedule I now maintain. Uh, please support the show, share it with a friend, subscribe to make sure I always pop up in your feed. I will not only see you on Saturday, but again, two pieces coming out before then on my Substack. Have a good week.